Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hello and uh, welcome to the In Focus podcast. I'm Ji Sampath, the Hindu's social affairs editor. If you are someone who has invested in a mutual fund and if you have heard the news about Franklin Templeton, you must be worried. Franklin Templeton, one of India's top 10 mutual fund houses, announced last week that it is winding up six of its debt schemes. The move has resulted in about 30,000 crores of investor money being locked up. The development sent shockwaves through the mutual fund industry and this week, the RBI announced the 50,000 crore liquidity window specially for mutual funds to help them tide over redemption pressures. So, what does this development at Franklin Templeton mean for the Aam Army? We know that in recent years, there has been an extensive ad campaign encouraging the masses, not just the classes, to invest in mutual funds. For many, mutual fund investments are not just investments, they are their savings. And many people use vehicles such as the SIP or the Systematic Investment Plan for their monthly savings as well. Now, should all these people, these SIP, ERS sippers, be worried? Are all mutual funds in trouble? Will the investors in those Franklin Templeton debt funds ever get their money back? To answer these questions and more, we have with us Vivek Call, well-known business columnist, personal finance expert, and best-selling author of the Easy Money Trilogy. Uh, Vivek, uh, for starters, uh, can you tell us what exactly went down with uh, Franklin Templeton? Sure. So, see, uh, you know, typically what has happened over the years is uh, that many uh, investors, especially the small investors, uh, have come to believe that investing in uh, in a debt mutual fund is almost uh, as same as investing in a fixed deposit. Uh, now, how have they come to believe this? One is, uh, you know, this is how uh, the product has been sold to them by wealth managers, uh, mutual fund agents, and so on. Uh, also, uh, you know, uh, debt mutual funds are uh, also uh, uh, referred to as fixed income schemes. So the nomenclature, the name also creates, ends up creating some confusion. Now, uh, so now what exactly is a debt mutual fund? Uh, in order to understand that, let me start with uh, explaining uh, what is an equity mutual fund. You know, an equity mutual fund is something which takes money from the investor and uh, uses a large part of it to buy stocks. Okay, and uh, so if you're putting money in an equity mutual fund, you're indirectly uh, buying stocks. And as uh, you know, these stocks are you know traded on the stock exchange. They're uh, value changes and depending on the value of the stock, uh, you know, there is uh, the net asset value or, of of, of an equity mutual fund is decided. Now, along similar lines, when you invest in a debt mutual fund, uh, you end up buying debt securities. Now, what are debt securities? Debt securities can be financial securities issued by the government. They can be financial securities issued by a corporate or they can even be financial securities issued by a bank. Now, uh, these financial securities are essentially issued for the uh, for you know for uh, for borrowing money. So the government wants to borrow money, it issues government bonds. Uh, when a corporate wants to borrow money, it issues uh, you know corporate bonds. 
and uh, so the game works uh, so like stocks are bought and sold on the stock market similarly there is a bond market where uh, you know where these uh, securities are bought and sold and depending on the sentiment prevalent on that particular day they go up or go down in value now what happened with uh, franklin templeton funds was that uh, they were unable to uh, sell the financial securities uh, they had invested in now why did they need to sell they needed to sell because uh, uh, you know investors were redeeming so when investors redeem out of a mutual fund you know you sell the securities you have invested in and you pay back the money now the market for the debt securities that uh, franklin templeton had invested in and wanted to sell uh, had basically collapsed so uh, you know what they decided was that in order to prevent uh, you know a further collapse in value of those securities uh, they decided to uh, wind down these funds and uh, you know the idea was that if they wanted if if they sort of continued selling these securities they would have to sell at uh, uh, you know sell these securities at a at a sort of a distressed sale value and in that process the existing investors of the of uh, in, in these schemes would have ended up losing a lot of money so that's how it it sort of all adds up okay uh, so why did they have to uh, when why did the market for this securities that templeton templeton had invested in collapse so basically you know what happens is uh, during times of crisis uh, people like to uh, you know like you and i like to sort of hold the money that you and i have you know along similar lines financial institutions also like to hold on to the cash that they have and they don't want to buy anything and everything that's uh, being sold out there so in case of uh, franklin templeton you know all the, uh, the 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 financial securities they had bought weren't exactly the best financial securities going around so what what they had sort of done is they bought financial securities uh, which were uh, you know of you know, which, which were of lower quality and and it's not like this isn't allowed it's allowed uh, there's nothing illegal happening there uh and because they bought these financial sec- securities of slightly low quality in order to spruce up uh, their returns uh they ended up in a situation where when they wanted to sell these financial securities uh, beyond a point there was no market for it and if they had to create a market they would have had to you know sell these securities at extremely low prices and in the process you know the existing investors would have ended up losing so this is how it did it sort of adds up okay so uh, what are the chances uh, of the investor getting uh, any of that money back i mean 30000 crores is a huge amount of uh, funds to be uh, wound up and many of these may have come from people like you and me or even people from any kind of uh, a background right right so so basically see the, what is the idea here the idea here is to sort of uh, uh, ring fence uh, these funds and the financial securities they had invested in and hope to sort of ride through uh, these problematic times and uh, you know again hope that in the time to come there will be a market for these uh, securities and then they can sell these securities and uh, and get the money and repay the investor also what happens is uh, you know all the, uh, the the financial securities that a debt mutual funds invest in have a certain time span so let's say a security has a time span of 3 years then it matures at the end of 3 years and the money that has been invested in it 
is is will be handed back to the mutual fund so it's it's like a fixed deposit so let's say you know and you and i do a fixed deposit for 5 years so at the end of 5 years the bank will you know give us the amount that we had invested back so they are hoping that uh, one is they are hoping to ride through these tough times and two they are hoping that you know as these financial securities mature and the money comes back they will be able to repay the invest so uh, so this basically boils down to the fact that yes uh, money will come back but how much money will come back no one really knows and when will it come back i mean on that your guess is as good as mine but money will come back it's not like uh, you know investors will end up losing 100% of what has been ring fenced okay so now uh, the rbi has uh, opened a 50000 crore uh, liquidity window for mutual funds and uh, from what i understand uh, the idea behind it is to help the mutual funds that are facing uh, redemption pressure like uh, these franklin templeton funds did to help them tide over uh, this redemption uh, pressure do you think this scheme will work do you think banks will uh, will sort of uh, take this up and do uh, lending and so on so see the thing is uh, i mean you know what what the scheme is supposed to do is that uh, uh you know mutual funds can go to uh, to a bank and uh, then the bank can take a financial security uh, you know from them and then the bank can go to the rbi and borrow against that financial security and give that money to the mutual fund which is facing a, a redemption pressure now the the problem here is that uh, you know whether the bank is in 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 you know ready to sort of get into this transaction or not remains to be seen and uh, you know if you look at the fact that banks are generally not in the mood to lend and 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 the money that they have uh, sort of been uh, you know depositing at the rbi has uh, uh, gone up many times uh, over i uh, remain uh, you know skeptical as to whether this scheme will actually uh, help mutual funds or not uh, but then i mean uh, it's it's just uh, you know it's just been announced and i think uh, uh, it it goes on till may 11 so let's see whether it it, uh, it it turns out to be successful or not but see the problem again here will be it, it will be the same problem you know the the banks uh, uh, the the market uh, for debt securities which are not of good quality has collapsed so uh, along similar lines uh, i don't see any reason as to why banks should be willing to take on low quality securities and then take it to the rbi and then borrow money against it so it's it's the same thing i mean the fear that the banks have at one level will sort of translate uh, uh, you know here as well so so does this mean that uh, mutual funds uh, which uh, which perhaps have a good amount of low quality uh, securities as it were are likely to uh, go the templeton debt scheme uh, so right. see it's not so straightforward see uh, the thing is a lot of mutual funds are ultimately owned by banks and right. banks do not want to you know will not uh, want to do anything which ends up uh, creating doubts in the minds of their depositors so uh, so it will not i mean i think bank owned mutual funds will think at least a few times before they decide to do anything like this so they'll have to look at other solutions wherein probably uh, you know the the mutual fund itself will Uh, decided decide to pay out of its profits or you know stuff like that so uh, it it will depend i mean you know i don't see a bank owned mutual fund doing anything like this because then it will it can lead to a, 
a bank uh, a run on the dip on on their deposits and which is not something that they would want so mutual fund is basically you know it's it's side business for all banks i mean banking is basically the main business so uh coming back to the franklin templeton uh, story this whole uh, winding up of debt schemes and so on to to what extent is this an outcome of uh, of of the management uh, style of the fund manager apparently it's one fund manager who managed all these six funds and he apparently had a higher risk appetite than what is probably the the norm uh, in this uh, in such a case and to and to what extent is this actually to do with the pandemic related uh, issues and slowdown and so forth so see it's it, you know it's it's a tricky question to answer and uh, uh, so i don't see i don't know the fund manager i haven't followed his investing style but from what people have uh, you know tweeted about him and written about him it seems that he was always very clear in his communication as to what he's trying to do you know but the problem is that when any selling happens you know nuance goes out of the window right you know nobody is gonna you know when think of this from a wealth manager's point of view or from a you know mutual fund agent's point of view he's not going to sit and explain to the prospective investor kare sir you know there is a risk in this and this fund manager is is you know takes a higher amount of risk than the other fund managers do and blah 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 i mean by the time he does all this he's already lost the customer so the communication that happens at the retail level uh, is very very simplistic one is because uh, you know uh, investors do not have the mind span and two is because it's easier that way uh, so i think uh, you know irrespective of what the fund manager thought uh, the the selling system is such that uh, the nuance you know just goes out of the window as to uh, you know uh, how much of this is because of covid-19 obviously this is because of covid-19 but then you know one of the things that uh, you learn if you know one of the things that uh, that that you need to do as 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 a finance uh, professional is the fact that you need to be uh, prepared for uh, crises of uh, you know this kind and the reason uh, you know finance ends up in uh, trouble over and over again is because it refuses to learn you know lessons from the past and you know <clears throat> the last time something like this happened when uh the uh, financial system and the fund management industry ended up in a soup was uh, in 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 and around september 2008 when when the financial crisis started after lehman brothers uh the fourth largest investment bank on wall street went bust uh and the the problem back then was also uh, that of liquidity i mean people who had cash uh, refused to sort of uh, invest Uh, that cash and they continue to hold on to it and and the similar situation is 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 playing out all over again so okay so do you think uh, was there any uh, anything the regulators uh, could have done to uh, to prevent uh, this kind of a scenario from from happening because there have been news reports that templeton held for example nearly all the zero coupon bonds of yes capital uh, which was being run by rana uh, kapoor of yes bank and uh, the kind of investment in this case was apparently more like a loan which a mutual fund should not have made in the first place so shouldn't this have been flagged by the regulators uh, yes i mean see that the thing you know the, the the thing here is that the the, the debt mutual funds are you know inherently more uh, complicated uh, and difficult to understand than equity mutual funds okay 
but this is something that does not come across uh, in any communication in any marketing communication now if you look at the uh, the ad campaign run by uh, amfi the mutual fund lobby uh, the association of mutual funds in india it as right. it basically says mutual fund sahi hai right and you know given the simple and it's the simplicity of that message which essentially uh, has uh, driven investors towards uh, mutual funds over the last few years and you know one of the ads in in that uh, is also on debt mutual funds wherein you know one guy is trying to explain to the other guy that you know debt funds are actually you know another type of mutual fund and but you know again what happens is as i said when when this sort of communication happens the nuance you know goes out of uh, the window totally so to that extent uh, you know the regulator has to be held uh, responsible for the fact that a product which wasn't really a retail product uh, was allowed to be sold uh, to retail investors or at least it wasn't something you know it wasn't a mass market retail product i can understand you know you selling it to hnis because you know ultimately someone's uh, got to uh, invest in these financial securities but you know when people start at the at the lowest level start investing in these financial securities thinking that they are as safe as uh, as as fixed deposit are when they are not uh, then clearly i mean the regulator uh, is to be blamed also i mean if if you uh, look at the you know many of these uh, uh, mutual funds ended up uh, investing in, in investing in, uh, in in unlisted financial securities so basically you know the precisely like uh, you know the rana kapoor thing you were just talking about but the, but to come back to your point about uh, regulating the kind of communication which goes out i'm guessing the average uh, retail investor would have no idea that the debt fund or the fd kind of debt fund is investing in is actually uh, investing in unlisted ncds right right oh of course so see, see there is a you know there is a much broader uh, answer here see what has happened over the years is that um, the the uh, you know the the insurance companies in india uh, compete in more or less the same space as the mutual funds do so when you are buying something called as a unit linked investment plan you are essentially buying a mutual fund which comes with a dash of insurance i mean there is no uh, you know much there's not much of a difference in it and when you look at uh, you know the kind of communication that insurance companies are allowed to do vis-a-vis the kind of communication that uh, that that mutual funds uh, are allowed i mean you realize that insurance companies can you know almost do anything i mean they can hire celebrities and and so on and so forth which uh, up until now the uh, the mutual funds could not so uh, so the mutual fund sahi hai campaign was in that sense uh, you know uh, had become very necessary for the mutual fund industry because of the way insurance companies uh, were advertising over the years so if you know if you look at all the ads where uh, where where you know where a father is sort of uh, trying to save a lot of money for for his daughter's education and or for retirement or or you know stuff like that uh, because people ultimately relate to goals you know they don't relate to the fact that uh, you know money compounds or you know money can compound and grow to a certain amount in certain number of years and then you can decide whatever to you know what you want to do with it i mean see ultimately whether you're saving uh, money for for a child's wedding or you're saving money for your retirement or you're saving money for your uh, uh, you know for your uh, for the education of your children or, and and so on 
I mean, given the fact that you're doing it for an exceptionally long period of time, uh, the investing strategy cannot be much different. But it's just that, you know, we in, in our head, heads, we have these different things. And which is why, uh, you know, insurance companies uh, sell us precisely these different things. So you have child plans, you have pension plans and, and, and so on. And you have normal unit linked insurance plans. So the mutual fund industry essentially needed an ad campaign which took this, uh, you know, took, took these uh, insurance uh, marketing on. And, and mutual fund sahi here was basically a response to that. And in that, you know, uh, in, 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 in the overall scheme of things, uh, you know, obviously the nuance uh, or the fact that uh, a debt fund could also in, invest in an unlisted, uh, you know, financial security issued by a promoter. Uh, you know, all that went out of the window. Uh, the uh, the credit risk category of mutual funds uh, saw a redemption of close to about 5,500 crores uh, uh, last month, that is in March. So it, it would seem like a lot of people are not really thinking mutual funds. Many of them might be, I think, uh, thinking the opposite in the current scenario. So is there any likelihood of, of there being a run on uh, mutual funds or any particular kinds of mutual funds right now that we should be worrying about? Uh, I mean, see, the, here's the thing, you know, when, when you invest in a mutual fund, uh, why do you invest in a mutual fund, right? You invest in a mutual fund because you basically do not have the time and, or the inclination to sit and analyze things, right? Uh, you want to, you know, you want to outsource that part out. So if you're investing in an equity mutual fund, uh, the thought obviously is that I don't have the time and I don't have the, or I don't have the inclination to sit and analyze these things. And uh, and you hand it over to a fund and a fund manager who, you know, at a certain fee does the job for you. Uh, so similarly, I mean, so when you invest in a debt, you know, mutual fund, uh, one is, you know, you, you'd probably be doing it because uh, if, you know, at least the smarter lot does it because there is a tax dodge. Or in the case of many, uh, you know, smaller investors, or even retirees, uh, you know, they just do it because they have been told that the returns, you know, it's it's like a fixed deposit, but it gives probably a couple of percentage points to returns more than a fixed deposit. So imagine the situation of a guy who's, uh, you know, about to retire or who is in retirement and his money is stuck in, in, you know, in one of these six schemes or in more than one of these six schemes. Now, what is his most natural reaction? I mean, he'll obviously get out all out of it, all of his money from, you know, other similar schemes. Uh, because he doesn't have the, uh, you know, neither does he have the capability, nor does he have the inclination to sit and, you know, analyze what has this scheme invested in and whether there is liquidity. And, and these are not easy, uh, you know, questions to answer. I mean, even if you are in a position to analyze. So, uh, so it's a, it's a very natural uh, reaction. And I think anyone who's invested in, in, in these debt schemes, thinking that they're like fixed deposits is, is likely to withdraw, it, withdraw his money. So how much of an impact it will have in the overall scheme of things, I really don't know because I'm not sure as to what portion of uh, investment in debt schemes is actually retail money and what portion is corporate. Right. Okay, Vivek, uh, just a, a simple question here. See, this is a difficult time for many uh, for many people, especially uh, in the middle classes and the salaried classes. Many are, many are struggling with uh, salary uh, cuts and even job loss. And uh, maybe under a lot of pressure to redeem whatever money uh, they can from their investments to tide over cash flow problems. So, in this scenario, what would be your advice uh, uh, as, your, as a personal finance guide to all these people who are investing in 
in, in different uh, vehicles such as mutual funds and so on. So that uh, Sampadhi should be a separate show in itself. <laughs> but I'll try answering. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll try answering. Okay. So I guess you know the most uh, important thing, uh, and this is uh, something many people. I mean, it's as simple as this is, but still many people don't realize it. Is that uh, you know you need to have an emergency fund uh, for at least uh, you know an, you know fund which matches expenses of at least three months. Now, uh, if you don't have it, uh, you know, it's now is the time to start working towards it. And this is the first thing I'll say. The second thing is, uh, uh, you know, try paying off. Uh, again, I mean, this is a very simple thing. I, I get to know of people who have money lying in their savings bank account and they have, you know, huge credit card outstandings. Now, which is very, very stupid because, you know, money in the savings bank pays you three, three and a half percent. Whereas uh, credit card interest rates are greater than 20% a year, right? So pay off your uh, credit card bills uh, first and foremost. If you can take on a personal loan to pay off your credit card bills, do that. Personal loan interest rates are lower. Uh, if you have SIPs going on and you have uh, to repay credit card bills, stop your SIPs, pay your credit card. Uh, uh, so. Firstly, you know, one should uh, look at, uh, you know, how to sort of take care of <clears throat> the regular repayment of debt. And then, you know, investing in this scenario uh, is always second to, uh, you know, the amount of outstanding debt you have. Uh, so, SIPs, again, and also, you know, one other thing that I've realized, you know, is uh, in, the, in the last two months is, is the fact that uh, it is important to have money in, in, in the bank account, right? And it can be money in your savings account. It can be money in fixed deposits. You know, the tendency in the last few years, and especially in a city like Mumbai, where investing in stocks uh, has always been, you know, has, there's, there's a culture of investing in stocks, is that people have gone away from fixed deposits uh, because fixed deposits pay such a low rate of interest. Now, as you would know, uh, in the aftermath of demonetization, as a lot of money came into banks, interest rates on the deposits uh, have come down. But despite interest rates on deposits coming down, you know, it makes sense to have money in, in the bank simply because, because, you know, return of capital is also as important as return on capital. And in times like these, in, in exceptional times, money in the bank uh, is... Uh, extremely helpful vis-a-vis -vis, you know money invested in a mutual fund or in stocks where you know the value can keep uh, going up and down so good asset allocation uh, you know wherein you divide your money across asset classes is very very important and one final thing that i'd like to say is and you know again this is something that uh, uh, that one uh, came across the pmc bank was uh, you know almost shut so and then the Yes Bank fiasco, which happened after that, you know, people had almost all their money in one bank account. So please don't do that. I mean, spread your money across two to three bank accounts so that, you know, if one bank ends up in trouble, uh, you know, at least you have access to money in the other two bank accounts. Now, this is not to say that money in banks is not safe. But, you know, sometimes you might end up in a situation wherein uh, you, you may want that money, but given that you have all of it in one bank and that bank doesn't isn't allowing you to isn't allowing you to access that money uh, you know you might end up in a huge financial mess so you know these are universal things which uh, need to be practiced at all points of time and not just 
you know as of now because uh, there is uh, you know economic trouble happening all over i think the biggest takeaway uh, from what i can uh, understand is that uh, that, that very uh, singular point you made return of capital is as important as return on capital uh, thank you so much vivek it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you for joining us thanks so much thanks, so much. thanks.